0: The Cardinals open up their final regular season home series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll preview what's in store for the team this weekend and take a look at the latest developments in the playoff picture. We've got a mailbag Friday today where we answer some of your questions from this week. And which Cardinals player was surprising fans at a fast food restaurant recently? You'll find out on today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there Cardinal fans, I'm J.D. Haffer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I do want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also, on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you're uh, aware of when we drop new videos for you. Uh, this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so uh, first and foremost, I want to say uh, apologies for being such a, uh, a late podcast on this Friday. Normally, we have this out in the morning for everybody, but today we had uh, other jobs that we had to do. So I've been uh, I've been working hard all day long. So finally, get a chance to uh, sit down and uh, do the podcast with you guys here today. So I appreciate your patience. Uh, the Cardinals are in a uh, really good or really odd situation, depending on how you look at things. First, let's start with with the good part. They're in the playoffs, right? They're going to be the number three seed after winning the NL Central. They are currently waiting on other teams to figure out who it is that they're going to be playing. Uh, You got a huge series in Atlanta this weekend between the Braves and the Mets as they continue to battle each other for that NL East title. Now, going into Friday, the Mets were one game up on the Braves. Both teams have already clinched a spot in the playoffs, but one team will end up winning the East and then also grab the number two seed in the National League, which means that they will also get that coveted first round bye. Whoever finishes second will then fall to the number four seed. They'll have to face the number five seed in a three-game series in either Atlanta or New York, whoever it is. And uh, pretty much the same thing like like the Cardinals will have to do. The Cardinals will face the number six seed in a three-game series. All of those games are going to be played at Busch Stadium. Whoever it is, Atlanta or New York, they'll host all three games of that series. Now, they've got a, a pretty big... Playoff atmosphere going on at Truist Park this weekend. You've got great pitching matchups for that series, too. Friday's uh, pitching matchup, it's a doozy. <laughs> Jacob deGrom against Max Fried. That's that's solid stuff right there. Saturday, Max Scherzer and Kyle Wright. Amazing pitching matchup there. Then on Sunday, Chris Bassett against Charlie Morton. Another solid one. I saw the uh, Braves also uh, have signed Charlie Morton. Uh, they picked up like his $20 million extension, I think it was and uh, also extending that or something, but he's going to be back in the fold with the Braves moving forward. That's fun stuff, okay? That's going to be entertaining to watch. In fact, I might watch more of those games than I do the Cardinals this weekend, and, uh, and I'll explain that to you here in just a minute. Now, as far as the number six seed goes, like who the Cardinals are going to play, you currently have the Braves at number four, then the Padres at number five, the Phillies are at number six, but Philly, they've been struggling a lot recently, so the Brewers are right behind them trying to get that number six spot. The Phillies are facing the Nationals this weekend while the Brewers take on the Marlins. The Padres, they haven't clinched anything yet. They're facing uh, the Dodgers this weekend, who have already snagged the number one seed in the National League. Then over the American League, you've got the Astros, the Yankees, and the Guardians. They've won their divisions already. So currently, you've got the Blue Jays as the number four seed in the American League, but they've already clinched a spot, so they're in. Then it's the Mariners at number five with a half-game lead over the Rays coming into Friday. And uh, in that number six spot, as I mentioned, um, you've got the Rays there, but Baltimore is still hanging on for dear life. They're five games back, and they have to go up against Aaron Judge and the Yankees this weekend. So uh, the Rays, they got to play Houston. Houston's still trying to secure the number one overall seed in the American League. Uh, The Rays are trying to jump Seattle into that number five spot. Uh, the Mariners are, are at home against Oakland this weekend. So it's just chaos. And this is what Major League Baseball wanted. And that's fine with me. I, I love this. I think it's fantastic that here we are on September 30th and we've got all these different scenarios going on that can still happen and still have to be played out over the final weekend and week of the series or of the season. I think it's fantastic stuff. But after you go through all of this, you look at all the teams and you're like, wait a minute, the Cardinals are the only team who is playing meaningless games this weekend against the pirates who aren't playing for anything, but pride everybody else has something to gain or lose in their games. I mean, the pirates aren't anywhere near the playoffs, so they don't have to worry about winning or losing against them. So is this a good thing or is it a bad thing on one hand? You can rest anybody you want for as long as you want to end the season. All right. There, there's one aspect of it. They, they've they already been doing that with Yachty where he's been played sparingly, (laughs) if you will, over the last week or so, which is fine because you want September Yachty refreshed and ready to go in October. Uh, You don't have to stretch out your starters much if you don't want to. You don't want to not pitch them because you don't want them to, you know, lose the feel of their pitchers. But at the same time, they don't have to go seven innings. You know, if uh, one of them's throwing a fantastic game, they don't have to go to that seventh inning. You don't have to do that. You can pull them out in the fifth. It's cool. And if you lose, eh. Who cares? It's not affecting your bottom line at all. You can't lose ground anymore as the Cardinals. You're in that number three spot. There's nowhere for you to go. On the other hand, you don't want to lose your edge as a ball player. You don't want to get lazy. You don't want to get complacent. It's not as if the Cardinals were, you know, lighting it up, hitting wise. You know, coming into this situation, Okay, they they've been struggling. Some of these guys are still trying to get out of the uh, funk that the offense has been in for most of September. So those kind of guys will likely need to keep playing so they can get things right before the playoffs start on October the 7th. Goldschmidt still working through some stuff. Uh, Arenado has not had a huge September. You know, guys like Dickerson, you know, who was over, what, 27 or something like that at one point in this last week. Uh, Pitching-wise, you've got Michaelis and Quintana. They appear to be ready to roll. They've looked great. But Flaherty, still trying to come back from his injury, so he needs to work. Wainwright, still trying to figure out this dead-arm stuff. And Montgomery's been knocked around a bit in his last few outings and has lost his last three starts after the team went undefeated in his first seven starts with them when, when they got him from the Yankees. Like, he was almost unhittable, remember? And now, kind of hittable. At home against Milwaukee, September 13th, the Brewers got him for six runs on seven hits in five innings. The Reds got him for three runs on seven hits in five innings and a three-to-nothing loss on the 18th. Now, granted, three runs, not bad. You'll take that. Struck out nine that game. He looked fine. But the team still lost. Then his last outing against the Dodgers. Again, it's the Dodgers, who are the best team in baseball, got roughed up for 6 runs on 7 hits in just 4 innings. So Montgomery's got some work to do to get his edge back. He's kind of lost that here in September. So it's going to be interesting to see what the the Cardinals and what Ali Marmol does this weekend for and you know not just this week but the final 6 games against the Pirates. Do they go full steam ahead and try and win at all costs like you normally would in a playoff push just so you can kind of stay the course and get that winning momentum back as they begin the playoffs, or do they take the cautious approach? They play it safe, try not to get anyone hurt, just kind of ease their way into the playoffs and be ready to go. Personally, I'd like to see them go all in. I want to see them play hard. I want their top lineup in each night. But, of course, there is that risk factor. It's like it's like preseason games in the NFL. You know, some teams don't play any of their starters in the preseason. They just don't do it because they don't want somebody to get hurt and screw up what's going to happen in the regular season. And it risks the team coming out rusty and cold in weeks one and two that that's happened to some teams this year while others played their guys, some, and just looked more prepared as the season began Friday. You've got, which is tonight you've got Flaherty on the mound against former Cardinal Johan Oviedo Saturday. It's Montgomery against Luis Ortiz Ortiz and uh Sunday, right against Contreras. Now, all three of these starters are working on stuff. So I hope they have the right guys behind them to help them succeed. See what I'm getting at here? Like, I don't want the, the B squad behind them as they're trying to get right where they're not playing as good defensively. They're not scoring and they're going to, you know, you're going to lose because you can't hit. I don't want to see that. I realize you might still be trying to figure out what the bench looks like. So you'll want to see guys like Yepes and Deluzio play a little more. But how much do Arenado, Anato, Edmond, and Goldie play over the next six games? Carlson, he still needs at-bats after his entry. He's still coming back. Newt, Newt, I'm not worried about. Newt's got more energy than the Energizer Bunny. Like I'm not worried about him whatsoever. Dickerson, I mentioned him a few minutes ago, uh, slumped. So you need him to break out and get right again. So that's kind of the dilemma where the Cardinals are right now. And you also don't want to go into the playoffs with that losing taste in your mouth. Like you want to go in riding high like a winner on a nice winning streak heading into the playoffs. You want to feel good about yourself as the playoffs begin. So that's kind of the dilemma where they're at. And we'll see what what course they take. I'd like to see them play hard and go for it all, but I realize there's a risk there injury wise. So at the same time, you, you don't want to see that happen either. So I'm glad I'm not in charge, and I don't have to make those decisions. Uh, mailbag Friday—that's a decision that I had to make. Uh, when are we going to do the mailbag? We've been doing it on Fridays, and uh, I got that for you next. We'll answer your questions next here on Locked On Cardinals. But first, I'd like to talk to you guys about Bet Online. Now we know BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Yeah, I hope you realized this by now. We've been talking about it for quite a long time. It's an amazing website, betonline.net. You got to go check it out if you haven't already. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. That includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, NFL week 4 got underway last night with the Bengals defeating the Dolphins to knock them from the unbeaten ranks, which gave me some pleasure uh as a as a guy that roots for uh is my AFC team, it is the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh my my older brother, Chad, huge Dolphins fan, so it was kind of nice to be able to rub that in his face a little bit. Uh you only got one undefeated team left in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles at 3 and 0. Who saw that coming, right? Uh, There are two winless teams still left. The Houston Texans are 0-2-1, while the Las Vegas Raiders 0-3. Bit of a shocker after making the trade for Devontae Adams in the offseason. This week, the Buffalo versus Baltimore game is one that uh, I'm eyeing up. Should be a good one. Over-unders at 51. you got the Vikings and the Saints. They're in London. Remember that, by the way. You've got the London game on Sunday, so that's an early morning start. Uh, The Saints might have to start Andy Dalton. Vikings favored by just three right now. Kind of like kind of like the Vikings in that one. Uh, my Packers are nine-point favorites at home against the Patriots who are going to be starting Brian Hoyer, that quarterback over uh, the injured Mac Jones who got hurt last week, uh, busted up his ankle. So um, this is where you make some money. This is where you can have more fun with the NFL season. Head to betonline.net or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. It is mailbag time, which is one of my favorite things that we do here on Locked on Cardinals because I get to answer some of the questions that you guys have, which is uh, there, there's plenty of them. <laughs> they come in a lot. Uh, you guys get to play interviewers. So you get your questions to me by either writing them in the comments on YouTube or you can send them to me on Twitter. You can DM me if you don't want your question to be out there for everybody to see in the Twitterverse. Fine by me. I don't, I don't care. I'll accept it. It's no big deal. Um, but it's pretty much anything you guys want to talk about. You guys want to talk about the Cardinals, obviously, other sports, pretty much anything goes. We'll talk food. Uh, I've got movie questions this time, so I'm excited to get into that. Uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, like in the last episode, and of course, uh, actually, I don't even have my pumpkin out. Hold on. Where is it? There we go. There's my pumpkin. Usually it's, set, usually, it's sitting up here. Hold on. Let's put it. There you go. I had it down earlier. I got over now, huh? There, now you can see it better on on YouTube. There you go. There's my pumpkin. But I, I'm a big Halloween fan, so uh, somebody asked me a, a movie question for Halloween, so I'm like, ooh, let's get into that one. But first, let's start with some sports ones. Nate from the three one four asks, who are your top three starters for the playoffs? Uh, I got Michaelis Quintana and probably Wainwright penciled in right now, but this weekend obviously is huge for Waino Flaherty. Montgomery, Monty, and this is likely going to be their final starts of the regular season. So depending on who you play, maybe you have Quintana and Montgomery start against someone who doesn't hit lefties as well, like the Brewers. The Brewers are not good against the left-handers. They're one of the uh, worst hitting teams against left-handers in the National League this year and all of baseball, to be honest with you. While the Phillies and the Padres, they, they hit lefties pretty good. So maybe if you have to face them, you go Michael Bueno and Quintana against them instead. I mean, I I just think you have to have Quintana in there. He needs to be in there. He's been outstanding since coming to the team and there's no reason why you wouldn't pitch him or why you would choose at this point Montgomery over Quintana. There's just no reason to do that. Uh, Matt P asks, who do you think will be the biggest surprise contributor in the postseason? I'm, I'm going for Dylan Carlson. He's my pick. I talked about that earlier this week that him in center field, switch hitter, could be huge in the playoffs and hopefully it can be kind of like a breakout party for Dylan Carlson. Last year, we thought it would happen this season, you know, because last year he hit 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. You're like, this is going to be a future superstar. And you know, the Cardinals think that way. Uh, when the Juan Soto trade talks were going around and swirling, uh, people were like, Dylan Carlson is going to be the one that they're going to want. Right. And the Cardinals were like, we are not trading you, Dylan. We want you on this team. And you were hoping you would get like you had last year. You were hoping to hit around 270, 20, 25 home runs, 80, 90 RBIs. He had the injury, but even before he hurt his thumb, 237, eight home runs. It's not what you expected out of Dylan Carlson this year. Uh, same can be said for Tyler O'Neill. He's had a down year because of injuries that kept him from ever turning the corner. It seemed like any time O'Neal was starting to get things figured out, Bang, hamstring injury or a shoulder or something would happen to him and he'd be out of commission. If I had to pick a rookie, I think the easy choice would be Brendan Donovan. Um, I don't think Donovan's really a surprise anymore, at least not to us as Cardinal fans. Like we know Brendan Donovan's been solid all year. We know he's good. But I don't know if Juan Yepes will see enough at bats to make a huge difference in the playoffs. So I guess Donovan would be my surprise rookie call that people nationally will notice. Like when you hear the telecast, when they start this in October, um, they're going to talk, you know, talk about these players. They're going, Donovan, look at this guy's number. They're going to do that. We know he's been good all year, but other people are going to finally notice him. So uh, I think that'll be cool and well-deserved. Donovan's had a heck of a year. Eric H asks, why is Paul DeYoung under consideration for a playoff roster spot? He is literally a zero at the plate and his defensive ability at shortstop is above average, but not good enough to compensate for his non-existent bat. Another thing that I've brought up before earlier in the week, uh, Paul DeYoung will be on this playoff roster. And the reason why is because he's a steady middle infielder and the Cardinals just don't have any other ones. They, they just don't. Not sure if Gorman's even being considered after his late season struggles. Um, but you've seen how Ollie's used DeYoung young in September, he uses him as a defensive replacement late in games. They'll move Tommy Edmond over to second base after they've pinched hit or pinch ran for Donovan and they bring in the young and in heaven forbid, if something were to happen to Tommy or Donovan, you'd need him to start. And defensively, you feel okay about that. You feel good about Paul DeYoung at shortstop. Like I don't have any worries with that hitting is clearly a problem for this guy. Uh, Hopefully, you're not in a spot where you need him to take any at-bats whatsoever because as, uh, who is this guy? Eric pointed out he's been pretty much zero at the plate. He had like that one week after he got called back up where we were like, all right, Paul DeYoung can hit again. And then he just went, splat, and has not been good since. Scotty H asks, if you were to catch a famous home run ball, what would you do with it? Now, this one's a problem for me because there's two sides of me that thinks about this. Business side, I work in an industry in radio and in uh, sports media that got ravaged when COVID hit. I worked through 90% of the pandemic only to get let go from the job I had for over 10 years with a particular radio station due to budget cuts. Like It sucked, man. They kept me on through the pandemic where I was the only one going to work still, I, I was a part of a morning show and I was still going to work. Everybody else had to stay home. We didn't want people in a room together, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as things started to clear up and they start bringing people back, they fire me because of budget cuts sucks, man. That's not cool. So I mean, companies are still trying to get back on track Following this pandemic, I mean, the company I work for now, not the same that I used to, is still cutting people all over the country. So it's hard for me to not keep the ball, sell it, and then provide for my family. On the other hand, I've got the baseball guy side of me who has this heart of gold and it says I should give it back to the person who hit the home run. And, you know, I get some cool stuff in return. You get some fun items. They, you know, they usually do. Bats and jerseys or helmets whatever you're into gloves i don't know whatever you would want cleats you want something signed, like the cleat signed whatever but as of right now i think i'd have to be the selfish guy and sell it <laughs> my wife likes expensive things she just came in here a little bit ago and was like i want this jacket can i get this jacket sure let's get you the jacket but the mortgage isn't gonna pay itself so jerry Maguire style show me the money uh sean c asks Saw your Halloween decorations this week. Cool stuff. What's your favorite scary movie? I don't know if he did it in the ghost face voice. What's your favorite scary movie? But um, I love that movie. Scream's a really good one. But very ghost face of uh, a way to, to word this question. Um, my favorite scary movie, the original Halloween. Michael Myers, that was my boogeyman growing up. If I had bad dreams, it was always that dude chasing me with his white face. And then as I got older... I uh, began to gravitate towards him as like my favorite slasher guy. You know, you've got the big guys, Freddy, Jason. They used to scare the hell out of me as well as a kid. Um, never got into like the Hellraiser pinhead stuff. That really wasn't my cup of tea. Anything super gory, especially as a kid, I didn't like. Uh, as I got older, now I, I see the fun in it. You know, I want to see the cool murder scenes and stuff. I, You know, because you get a kick out of it. You're like, yeah, that was cool. It's all fake, right? Um, I did get to interview Robert England, uh, who played Freddie, and uh, Kane Hodder, who played Jason, which was pretty awesome. Robert was just the best. I mean, both of them were great guys, but Robert was really, really cool for me because he actually did some of the the Freddie voice when it was it was a phone interview. I didn't get to meet him in person, but he did the Freddie voice on the phone with me, which was it was super awesome. Which is really wild to hear the freddy krueger on the other line talking to you that's pretty pretty awesome uh as i mentioned i love the original scream uh sequels Mm. original halloween and halloween 2 the rest after that kind of i've never even seen the third one the season of the witch i've never even watched that one uh but i saw the other the four the five six was awful uh the newest versions of halloween i like those a lot um especially the very first one that they released i thought that was really cool the rob zombie ones it's too weird for me, man. All, all it is is just, like, who can gross the other person out? Like, I just, I don't get into the Rob Zombie stuff, any of his movies, not really my thing. Um, But, like, uh, these newest versions of Halloween, uh, the first one, really, really good. Second one was okay. I liked it more than a lot of people did. Some people were down on it. Uh, but they got the new one coming out, Halloween Ends, which comes out on October 14th. Uh, So I'm excited about that one. Obviously, Um, I'm not going to watch it on Peacock because it's going to be available online. You can stream it right away if you have Peacock, but not going to do that. I go to the movie theaters to watch my movies. Okay, pandemic pandemic. I'm done with it. I go to the movie theaters now. I love it there. Uh, So I'm going to go check that one out for sure. All right. uh, That's enough for the mailbag. We're running out of time here. So uh, next up, I want to tell you guys which Cardinals players play your I should say not play yours. But one player in particular was surprising people. At a fast food joint this week. You'll find out who it was next on Locked On Cardinals. All right. Final segment on this Friday. Uh, yesterday afternoon, customers at the Chick fil A on Manchester Road in De Pere in St. Louis got a, a surprise when the six foot seven future Cardinal Hall of Famer, Adam Wainwright, was there greeting and having conversations in the drive through line with people. What was Adam Wainwright doing there? Well, according to Fox 2, the surprise appearance comes on behalf of a charitable effort for his Big League Impact Foundation. When people placed a mobile order on the Chick-fil-A app on Thursday, one quarter of all sales went to Big League Impact. Additionally, Chick-fil-A presented a $10,000 check for money it previously raised for Big League Impact. So um, it was for a good cause, but... How wild is that? You're pulling up the Chick-fil-A. You're like, all right, I guess I'm going to get some of these waffle fries, Chick-fil-A. And oh, my gosh. There's Adam Wainwright and six foot seven of Adam Wainwright standing under the canopy there. at Chick-fil-A, probably a pretty cool sight. And Wayne has always been great with this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of guys on the team are really good about it. Goldie, Albert, Yachty. Like you. that's why they were all. Roberto Clemente award winners for how good they've been with uh, charities over the years. Cardinals uh, do a good job with all that stuff. So the players, so uh, just another reason, another, as if you needed another reason to root for Adam Wainwright. There you go. He's a, he's a very charitable guy and uh, just a nice guy all around. So I'm glad we have him, and I'm glad we root for him in the Cardinals this weekend. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast as always be sure to like and subscribe on youtube follow on twitter at lo underscore cardinals and at jd sports radio you are the best fans in baseball for a reason and i'll see you next time right here on locked on cardinals have a great weekend